has announced its newest device in its smartphone lineup, the Pixel 5. And with it comes a shift in Google's smartphone strategy. But what is that strategy, and how does it compare to other smartphone makers? Stick around. Hey everyone, welcome back to Today in Tech. I'm Juliet Beauchamp and I am joined as always by Computer World Executive Editor Ken Mingus, as well as Mac World and PC World writer Michael Simon. So thank you both as always so much for calling in and joining me. Ken, I'm gonna go to you first. What is the deal sort of with this new Pixel 5 and what are some of the, what's, what's a little bit about Google's new strategy here? Yeah, well, what's interesting is that, uh, of course, uh, with the Pixel 5, um, J.R. Raphael wrote, wrote about this for Computer World Today, so that's I'm, I'm sort of cribbing from, from his understanding of it. But uh, with the Pixel 5, uh, it looks like Google is sort of taking a little bit of a step back from pushing into the high end, uh, giving up on some features. You don't get the top-end processor. Uh, and it looks like, you know, what the company is doing is making a real play for sort of that mid-pack. You know, we've, we've talked a lot about how Apple has sort of done that with, with its opening or entry model iPhone. And, you know, it, it's sort of interesting. One of the points that, that, that JR has made, and I agree with, is that it, it's sort of like back to the future for Google because they started, it, the company started out kind of at low to middle range of phones, made the big push for the high-end expensive phones and is now kind of backing off that and, and and is, you know, with Pixel 5 at least, I mean, we're looking at a, a price reduction. When's the last time a new phone came out that you saw, you know, something like that? I mean, it, it does happen, but uh, I think that that sort of speaks to what, what Google's up to. Michael, I'm curious. I mean, what do you think I got that right? Are you, is that how you see it? I mean, on the surface, yeah, it's it is cheaper. It's a hundred dollars cheaper than the Pixel Four started at. That was so. The, the Pixel Four started at seven ninety nine with a five point eight inch screen, I believe, or five point seven inch screen. This is six ninety nine with a six point six inch screen, and that's that's all well and good. And that's you know, less money is always good. However, this is how Pixel how, how Google should have started the Pixel experience, so to speak. They they started going after the the, the mid-ish upper end. The original Pixel was $649, which doesn't seem like a lot now, but back then it was. And it went up from there. So last year's Pixel 4 XL with 128 gigs of storage was a thousand bucks. And that is just way too much for what Google wanted to do. The Pixel platform, so to speak, is a it's a vessel for Android and for Google's AI, it always has been. And Google got into this kind of arms race with Apple and Samsung to, to create these, these flagship phones and with flagship parts that are expensive. I'm not saying Google was gouging people because they were on par with the Galaxies and the iPhone Pros of the world, but no one was looking for Google. No, no one was lo looking to Google for a phone that costs 900 or a thousand bucks. It's just not happening. And I think the pandemic kind of pushed that along, as did the success of the Pixel 3a last year. So that was 400 bucks. It, it, it lowered the processor to um, a Snapdragon 6 something. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact number. I think but it, it was maybe the 635? Maybe 670. I, I forget. Okay. Yeah. But it was um, significantly lower than the Snapdragon 855 that was in the uh, Pixel 4. And 
lo and behold, the performance hit wasn't huge. And that's a testament to Google's kind of controlling of the whole stack here. They build the phone, they build the operating system, they optimize the heck out of it. So you can use a lesser processor, still get that same smooth-ish Android experience with a great camera and great AI and all these, you know, cool little fun features that they add on that make the experience, you know, super pleasurable and also unique without, you know, playing at that high end. Let's, let, let's face it, the most expensive part of the phone is the processor. Qualcomm charges a lot and they, with the 865 now, they charge an absurd amount from what uh, other people have kind of like, you know, I don't know what Samsung pays exactly. But, it, but, but, but it's a lot. And you can tell by the price of their phones. You know, the Note is 1200 and 1300 and the, the, the uh, S20 Ultra is 1400 I mean, these phones are expensive. Google can't play at that end of the pool. They're not going to. So they made, a, they made a choice and they said, all right, listen, we're just going to go down to the 765G, which is still a good processor. It's, I've, I've tested it. And it's comparable to like an 845 in, in, in the Pixel 3. It's around there, which is slower, significantly slower than the 865, of course. But same as Apple and like when they put an A12 chip in something, you're getting that optimization. You're, you're getting that, that OS uh, that, that's optimized for the phone and the chip. So it doesn't feel two generations old by any stretch. You know, and by using that, they can save you know, a little bit of money. I was just going to say, it, it, it's sort of interesting because we, we get to the point now where you're sort of at the good enough stage yeah. and you don't really, because of the of the, the marriage of software and hardware, especially Apple with its stack and now mm -hmm. Google with the stack that it's, it's working with here, uh, you don't have to have the cutting edge. I'm sure there are a lot of techie types, me among them, who want the latest, greatest, whatever. But for the vast majority of of smartphone users, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, I don't think a lot of people are going to look at the Pixel 5 and say, well, it's got that lesser chip. I can't possibly buy that, you know, at $100 less than the, you know, the entry model last year. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of that. I'm, I'm sure Apple will continue to push the envelope. You know, it, it, it has the uh, cachet, I guess, if you will, you know. It, it also has the luxury of building its own chip. So the costs that a Google or a Samsung need to pay for licensing as aren't there. They're not the same. So Apple is in a unique position to to build faster and faster chips with um, smaller and smaller dies. And, and you know, these like the A14 is a five nanometer chip. I mean, Intel's not even doing that because they they're super focused and super optimized for their own stuff. Well, you know, the question that comes up, too, is if you're looking at uh, sort of, I, I, I hesitate to use the, the, the phrase dumbing down, but if you're backing away from latest and greatest, especially with this, you know, one of the points that, that JR made in his post today, and I, I again, I think this is something to talk about, um, is that you, if you think of these devices as places of innovation, you know, where technology is rolled out and then you perfect it and move it and move it down the, the line. Uh, things like Project Soli, I think uh, he mentioned. Yeah, that, that got dumped. Right, exactly. And I mean, I know Google has this tendency sometimes to roll things out and then suddenly they go away in a year or two. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, the Google folks said, oh, well, it'll be back in some form down the road. But I, that's not you, you disagree? <laughs> I think that's just a thing they will say to make it seem like they're, you know, they can't just say, yeah, we're done with that. It's been, it's been a year. 
so yeah, they'll say we're going to still develop it, and and it's not. It's I would be very surprised if we ever saw a project solely or uh, motion sense or anything that that thing enabled in in another product. First of all, it was gimmicky. Second of all, second of all, uh, Google didn't really try to figure out how to incorporate it into the hardware, so it was just kind of you know slapped to the top of the phone. It looked ugly, and it wasn't. It didn't. It it, it was a modern. It was a modern system that didn't feel modern. And that's, you know, Apple with Face ID, it feels like, a, like it's integrated into the phone and that it's, it's a seamless experience. Google never quite got there. Developer support was lacking. It was finicky. And, um, you know, let's face it, not enough people bought the Pixel 4 to make, it, to make it worthwhile. I mean, you need millions and millions of people. That's why whenever Apple does something, it's a thing because they sell 30 million a quarter. You know these phones are moving in, in insane quantities, so it, it it changes the landscape. Google is not doing that. You know, it's interesting you mentioned Face ID because something else that uh, looks like it's it, it's dropped is the uh, the secure face unlock. Right, that's all part of that that solely camera setup that that, that to me, both of those things. That yeah, I that, miss. I or, that or me, I will miss. Well, that's what I was going to say. That to me, more than than Project Soli with the you know the the gestures or whatever, right. face on face unlock, face ID is something that I think you know people have become very accustomed to. It is very secure. Uh, you well, know, I think- we've become accustomed to it as people who are well. I'm a part time. You're a full time Apple user. There's nothing. There's nothing on that level yet on Android. Huawei has has um has a system that's they kind of use on some phones and not on others. Uh, Google had theirs on the four. That's it. LG had something time of flight with palm recognition and they got rid of that. Like no one's been able to develop a system on Android that's uh, that works and is as universal and is as seamless and as, as ubiquitous as face ID. It just hasn't happened. Yeah. You know, it's also interesting too, that uh, I think one of the selling points for the pixel five and, and the pixel line in general is the fact that you get, you know, updates to the operating system, very quickly as mm-hmm. opposed to you know the the carrier uh uh phones where you may or may not get an update to android until six months next yep. year maybe never and you know that that for me i i mean i've, I've always obviously always been an iphone person and presume i will continue to be but if i were to jump to android i'd want a pixel for that reason you yeah, know I agree. And, and yeah and so it's, it's interesting that you know i mean google even if it's offering up new hardware that may not be quite cutting edge still has a lot of you know has, has a real story to tell here and and i'm sure we'll you know i well i think they'll do well yeah i mean that's that's always been the play is and they they've been playing that up more and more lately android 11 is a, is a good example where there are some features that are exclusive to the pixel when android 11 rolled out the pixel got stuff that other phones didn't and um google is you know they're 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 playing their their advantage, basically. I mean, they they own Android, they own the Pixel, and if they're going to put features in there, like for example, there's a new um, uh, a hold calling. Like you can you can be on call with I don't know Verizon or somebody, and if if you're on hold, you can tap a button and Google Assistant will listen to the music and let you know when somebody picks up. That's a really cool feature that you're not going to get on any other phone. It's not going to happen. That's a Pixel thing. Um, same thing with the camera. All those camera features. That's a that's a pixel thing, and that's that's Google's strength. The 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 strangeness about this launch. So there's the Pixel Five for six ninety nine. Then there's the Pixel Four A five G for four ninety nine. Now, 
the difference between them, uh, the Pixel 5 has a smaller screen. The Pixel 5 has an aluminum back rather than a plastic back, which, I mean, who cares? No, you put in a case on it anyway. Um, it doesn't have a headphone jack. The Pixel 4a 5G does. And that's it has a slightly bigger battery, um, um, 8 gigs of RAM versus 6 gigs of RAM. Very, very small stuff. The, the, the main stuff, it, it has the same processor, the same camera, and the same kind of feature set. And also the same guaranteed three years of Android updates that Google gives out. And I don't understand why anybody would buy the Pixel 5 over the Pixel 4a 5G. It doesn't make any sense to me why they both exist. And it doesn't make any sense why anybody would choose, okay, maybe you really want wireless charging. Is that worth 200 bucks? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I did just for a point of clarification, the yeah. Pixel 5 offers 5G connectivity. Yeah, they both yeah. do. Yeah. The Pixel 5 offers, I'll get real technical for a moment, sub six and millimeter wave, which is basically T-Mobile and Verizon at this point. The Pixel 4a 5G only offers sub six, which is T-Mobile. If you want Verizon's and millimeter wave, you have to pay an extra hundred bucks through Verizon to get that. Although I wouldn't recommend doing that because it's, it's, it's barely anywhere. Like it's, right. you're going to be paying for a, 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 a special modem that you're not even going to really take advantage of, if, if at all. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, here we are. We've got, uh, uh, you know, Google's new phones. We've got what I presume yeah. would be Apple's new iPhones out within the month or so. Uh, probably in a couple of weeks. A yep. couple of weeks and then maybe shipping, you know, depending on which model you want, late, yep. late October or early November. And, of course, the big thing will be around 5G. And I, I'm, I'm yep. not convinced that people understand that 5G is oh, really not, not going – it's not going to be mm – -hmm the big thing this year maybe by 21 22 certainly by 23 yeah that's, you, more, you know. that's more likely but people are going to be jumping on the 5g bandwagon this year for for a technology that you know the infrastructure is just not there yet yeah we were talking about that today in our um internal slack service and yeah it's it's very confusing and it's also very misleading where you know apple to its credit doesn't appear to be raising prices for 5g so you're going to be still paying a thousand bucks for the iPhone 12 Pro and 1100, and probably 699 for the iPhone 12, and maybe less for the Mini. Um, so that is a is a that so you're not going to go into buying an iPhone 12 thinking you're getting this this, this value proposition that isn't there. Google, it, it, it kind of is. I mean, they're charging 699 for a Pixel for a Pixel 5. That's significantly less than the pixel four when in terms of what it delivers at the time so you know while it may be cheaper it's still more expensive than it should be because of that 5g modem and samsung does the same thing you know the note is more expensive than last year everything's everything that, that everything on android is a little bit more expensive than than it than it could be or should be and when people buy that, they plaster 5G all over the place and you buy it and you don't even know if you first of all have a plan that supports it, B, are in an area that covered, or C, you're going to see any meaningful speed increase if you are. Some but, but of the speeds... Think... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say some of the speeds are, are at or around what LTE is. Yeah, I was just going to say, it, it, you know, there's not really a noticeable improvement. Don't no. you think, though, that given the publicity in the industry, at least around 5G, that even if the infrastructure isn't there to deliver it yet, 
for for the for the phone makers, you know, this is sort of the price of entry. You how, how could you roll out a phone in 2020 that didn't right. have 5G, even if you know? And that's where, sort of where the marketing has gotten ahead of the hardware or the infrastructure. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's it's more of a U.S. issue than it is globally because th there are you know substantially larger and more powerful 5G networks all, all around the globe. And the U.S. is it's is it's really not there yet. T-Mobile has a nationwide network. I have it here and I've used it here. And, you know, on some days on like the right spot, if the wind's blowing the right way, I can get a hundred plus, which is great. It's not, I can download a movie in two seconds as I see on the commercials. You know, it's just, it's a little better than LTE on, on, on a good day. I can get a hundred or, or close 80 to on LTE over Verizon too. So the, the speeds that are promised aren't going to be there. And I think there's going to be a lot of confusion and, you know, that's where we come into play. We're going to have to write articles and say, hey, listen, this is what you're getting. This is, you know, what you need to do. And this is what you can expect out of what your 5G expect. iPhone 12. Yeah. 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 Well, we, I don't I, think I'm, I don't think Google is necessarily trying to deceive anybody. I think, as you say, if you launch a phone in 2020, you you pretty much have to have a 5G modem right now. And if 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 nothing else, you're future proofing. Because in a year or two, when you'll still have that phone, at least, the networks will be will be there and the plans will all include 5G and you're going to want to have a phone that can tap into them. So, you know, it's not like you're you're getting gouged or anything, but the reality versus the 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 marketing is a little bit off. Gee, that's never happened before. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly <laughs> well, not with not with phone carriers. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, just to pull it back real quick to, to to Google before we go. I mean, do we, you know, all right, so we've we've had one pivot, another pivot. Yeah. Do we think in a couple, two or three years there'll be another Google pivot? Or I mean, you know? th this is Google's this is Google's unfortunate cross to bear. Is you know, you can see it in 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 their messaging apps. They, I don't know if it's a focus thing or if they just don't necessarily think things through as far as what they want, but they very much iterate in public. Can you imagine Apple coming out with a high-end phone and the next year changing it or feature yeah. and get rid of Like it just, they don't do that. You know, there are things that they try and doesn't work. Like a perfect example is a, a 3D touch where that was around for a few generations and then they just quietly got rid of it. I'm not saying that they're perfect. But Google, man, they just they just shift the car left and right. Just because, I mean, it's 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 remarkable. I think this is the smartest strategy so far. I think there's too many phones. I think two of them is fine. They don't need three. But um, this is what the Pixel should be. I've said it all along. The Pixel the Pixel is a platform. It's not a flagship phone. And if they treat it as such and can keep prices in the four to $700 range and still add all these AI features and have the speed and the optimizations and the battery and all the things that we want in a pixel, the experience, not the hardware, is what Google has always been selling. And by stripping away the, the, the premium parts and the $1,000 price tag, I think they have, they're, they're much better positioned to do that. I agree. Juliet, any thoughts? I didn't mean to cut you out there back and forth with Mike. <laughs> no, I think that was great. I think you guys really covered it. It seems like the new Pixel phone is, I mean, at least from my view anyway, it's going to be if you are an Android user and you are looking for a less expensive phone, it seems like the no-brainer choice is probably going to be to go with the Pixel. I mean, I don't know about that. There's a lot, there's a lot of really good mid-range Android phones. 
There's okay. the S20 fan edition that just came out. All the but again, if you phones. want that true Android experience, yeah. the Pixel's sure. going to be your only option. That's you know, the with thing. That it's, caveat. It's, the, it's the speed of upgrades. It's the AI stuff and it's the camera stuff. But if you want really good design, you're going to probably pick a Samsung phone. If you want a 120 hertz screen, you're going to probably uh, go with the OnePlus 8T that's coming up. You know, there are features that they that it doesn't have. But yeah, if you want, if you're purely into Android and the latest software features, uh, yeah, the Pixel, I would say the Pixel 4a 5G. I would not buy the five for $200 less. I think it's a that's the smarter play. And don't get the Verizon ultra wideband version because it's a waste of money. And there you have it. <laughs> Take that, Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much for calling in and joining me as always. I really appreciate it. I think this is pretty interesting to just see how Google is really shaping its own smartphone smartphone strategy and how it is kind of different than, you know, the Samsungs and the Apples of the world. And if anything crazy changes, we'll probably be back and saying something else. <laughs> Yeah, and the you know the 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 COVID stuff is is that's kind of leading all of these changes, I believe. Because even you know there's talks that Apple is coming out with the iPhone Mini, Samsung last week came out with the seven hundred dollars S twenty. Like they're all these companies are kind of rethinking how they're marketing and how they're selling these phones because a people have less money to spend and b they're not they're not as mobile as they were. So mm-hmm. where, where you wanted a thousand dollar phone because you had to commute every day and you went out every day. I have a, I have my, 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 my uh, Verizon, whatever the heck phone package. And I, I use like one gig of data a, a month. I'm paying $120 for nothing because <laughs> I don't use it. And I think I've a lot of people, a lot of people are in that boat. So if you're buying a phone now, it's not the device that it was six months ago. Um, of course, well, that'll all change, but I think the landscape is going to shift in a, in a real way away from commuting, away from, you know, public gatherings, big ones for, for, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, smartphone makers are really starting to pivot to kind of answer those calls. You know, it's interesting. One, one quick final thought, Julia, yeah. you know, based on what you just said, Michael, I agree. It'll be interesting to see whether um, Apple in particular, the, 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 the shift, there will be a shift in focus from, uh, phones to like desktops and cameras. And I mean, if we're all gonna be sitting around doing video talks for the next year or two or three or however long we are, you know, suddenly that becomes more important. I mean, not that they're gonna drop the phone or, you know, they'll continue to iterate there, but priorities do shift. And Apple right. is Apple is a little bit more insulated from that, but yeah, I, uh, I agree. And we can talk next week all about how they should open FaceTime up to everybody. Please, let's do, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you both so much again. I really appreciate it as always. And thank you all so much for watching this episode of Today in Tech. If you liked this video, be sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel and hit the bell icon so you're notified every single time we post a new video. If you have any questions, comments about, you know, the Pixel 5, any grand theories about Google's smartphone strategy, leave them in the comments below. I'll get back to you or I'll get back to you on Microcon's behalf. Thanks again for watching and I'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.